taking up the offering today. Last week we finished our uh, series. Today we're talking about Palm Sunday. Everybody say Palm Sunday. Is there a lullaby coming through the speaker? Thank you. It's about to put me to sleep here. I thought I heard rockabye baby or something going on. So here's, here's uh, where we're at today. Everybody say Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is unique, and I, I'm just going to touch on a couple things, but what I want to preach on today is called Be Careful What You Carry. Would you say that with me? Be careful what you carry. There is a... When Jesus came that day into the streets of Jerusalem as he was getting ready to come in, there were some people that made a choice. There, there weren't just palm leaves laying around. They didn't run down to the five and dime and pick a few up. They went and they tore those leaves from trees that were nearby. Everybody say choices. How many of you exercised a choice today? Wave your hand if you didn't. I mean, if you did, wave your hand if you exercised choice. Okay, hold your hand up if you did not exercise a choice today. See, everybody made a choice. You, you chose to get up. You say, no, I didn't choose. Mom made me get up. You chose to come to church today. No, I didn't choose. Dad made me come to church today. You chose to eat something before you came. No, I didn't. I'm still hungry. Wherever you're at in your life, it's choices. Everybody say choices. So if I choose to walk out in front of a semi-truck, that's a bad choice. Everybody say bad choice. If I choose to trust God with my life, everybody say, good choice. It's all about choices. That day when Jesus was getting ready to come to Jerusalem, there were some people that made some choices. Let me read the scripture to you. This is from John chapter 12, starting with verse 12. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Amen. Choices. Amen. How many of you know what the palm represents? The palm represents joy and victory. Everybody say a choice. <laughs> They carried in the streets of Jerusalem that day joy and victory. Go ahead and bring it in. You know what? They didn't keep that palm going very long, did they? 
they waved that palm branch, and a week later, there was something else they were carrying. Isn't it odd how we can change so quickly? That one moment they've embraced victory and joy, and just a short week later, they've let it go, and they're crying out, crucify him. You say, well, pastor, what's that got to do with us? How many times in your life have you found yourself where you were embracing Christ where you were trusting God only to let go of that and to begin to doubt, to fear. You grew angry over a circumstance. You got bitter over a situation. And you no longer possess joy and victory. But now you're struggling with animosity. You're struggling with bitterness. You're struggling with anger. And it's all because of choices. Everybody say choices. I thought about a young man that wasn't even counted worthy to show up on a battlefield. His brothers went, and as they went there, they all stood paralyzed for fear from a guy that had come, shown up on the battlefield and was saying, send me a man to fight. How many of you know that there's a battle to this? Is anybody in the house today? Do, do you realize that your serving God is a battle? That's why Paul talks to Timothy and he talks about being a good soldier. He said, you, lay, you, you, you don't get entangled with things so you can fight a good fight, that you can do the warfare. Everyone say, I'm in a battle. Now, I love this part because the Scripture said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I see people that talk about, man, I'm in a battle, I'm in a struggle, and they're, they're wringing their hands and they're in fear. And I'm thinking, I know we're in a battle, but you need to understand that we're the winners of this battle, that our captain has already fought this fight and he's already overcome. So the Scripture says that we're made overcomers how? We're made overcomers by how good we sing. We're made overcomers by how much scripture we know. We're made overcomers by how well we can preach. We're made overcomers by how well we can cook. Well, your spouse is an overcomer when you cook good. No, no. we're made overcomers by what? Okay, stay right there. By the blood of the Lamb. In other words, you're made an overcomer by what he did. By the blood of the Lamb, and what's the rest of that? And the word of our testimony. So you're made an overcomer by what he did and your willingness to share that with others. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This is what he did, and this is how it saved me. This is what he did, and this is how it transformed my life. This is what he did, and that's why I'm not the same anymore. 
But how many of you have ever been around someone that said, well, I think, I'm thankful for what he did, but this is what's going on right now. This is what I just And you kids don't start. Say that one more time. And we allow our joy and our victory to be robbed from us by what we carry. Everybody say, lay it down. So David's a young man, and he's, his brothers have gone to battle. When his brothers go to battle, there's a guy out there that's nine feet and nine inches tall. His armor weighs, the armor he wears weighs 150 pounds. I want you to think about 150 pounds strapped on you while you're trying to fight somebody. The, the spear he carries, the head of his spear is 15 pounds. And they're all scared to death and nobody's moving. Until all of a sudden one day Jesse came to David. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I didn't think about role playing here. Jesse came to Davidus, <laughs> to David, and he, and he said, look, I want you to go visit your brothers in the battle. I want you to carry them some cheese, some corn, some bread, and, and take it. And the scripture, there's a unique scripture there because the scripture says in 1 Samuel 17, 22, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. So, David's got a carriage. Everybody say carriage. But David's carriage, I mean, he's carrying cheese, right? He didn't, and he ran. The scripture said he ran to the battle, and he's, so what's this carriage he's supposed to be riding in? Is he, is he riding in a carriage? What is this carriage? The carriage there in Hebrew means Stuff. Everybody say stuff. It's the same Hebrew word that's used when it's talking about Saul and they're getting ready to anoint Saul. And the Bible said that the Lord said that he's hid himself among the stuff. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, you got some stuff. So David took his stuff, he, he took his stuff and he, he carried it to the keeper of the carriage and, and he put his stuff down there. He put his stuff down there. Okay, that's real good. Don't go anyplace. And then as soon as he put his stuff down, the Bible said that he ran out to the army. He, as a matter of fact, if you study the Scripture, you'll find out as soon as he got rid of his stuff, he was ready to face a giant. Oh. Not only is he ready to face a giant... But he's willing to face a giant. And all he had to do was get rid of his stuff. Everybody say, my stuff. Now, Jesus happens by a well one day. It's Jacob's well. And when he goes there, there's a lady that's carrying a pot. Everybody says she's got her stuff. No, no, you're going to carry that. Everybody says she's got her stuff. And so she carries her stuff to the well. Finds Jesus at the well. She sets it down there. And it's noon. Everybody say it's noon. 
here's my question. What's she doing carrying her stuff at noon to the well? You go to the well in the morning to get water. But she'd wait it till noon. All the other women had gone there in the morning. She shows up alone, which is really unusual. That's not custom. She shows up alone. But there's a reason she's alone. Thank you. It's because she wants to be alone. She's tired of all the finger pointing when she shows up at the well. She's tired of hearing the other women whisper, what number is she on now? She's tired of all the eyes rolling and the snickers behind her back. And, and so she just decides to go at noon. And the truth is, is she's been carrying this stuff for a long time. How many of you know that sometimes we carry what we ought to be letting go of? We carry, hey, grab that, would you? Follow me over here, quick, run back here, okay? Okay, there, that's good, that's good. You've got to, okay, over here, over here, hurry. Come over here, come over here. Oh, come over here, come over here. Yeah, that's good, come down here. Come on, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Are you, are you tired? Are you tired? Do you want to let it down? Do. No, come on. Let's go. Let's go over here. Over here. She didn't know this was going to happen. Over here. Over here. Are you tired? I'm a little tired. Are you, are you, are you done? You done? If you Oh, no, no, I'm not. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Do you hear what she said? She said, if you want... And I'm going to tell you this, that the devil will run you around in circles until you make up your mind, I've carried it as far as I'm going to carry it, and I'm not going to carry it another step further. Be careful what you carry. You want to go some more? Huh? Come on, just I, I need you to do it one more time. I cannot believe she's doing it. That's my point. Jasmine, I'm going to run you to death until you make up your mind. You're done. done. Are you done? Yeah. We'll take <laughs> Thank you. Give her a big hand. Did you, did you see the confusion on her face? Because she's afraid that, well, you know, I mean, do you want me to carry it more? I mean, I'm, I'm really tired, but if you want me to carry it, I said, could you do it one more time? Oh, okay. That, my friend, is a classic example of how the devil works. He tries to talk you into just one more day, just one more round, just pick it up one more time. They had palms in their hands a week earlier. They were praising God. They recognized him as the king and their Messiah. One week later, they dropped the palms and they're yelling, crucify him. Why? Because they were carrying something in their heart. It doesn't matter what we say with our lips. We can acknowledge him 
We can tell him he's king of kings and lord of lords. But if we've got stuff in our heart uh, that we haven't let go of, uh, then he's going to run us ragged. The devil is going to ride us uh, like a mule until we make up our mind, uh, I'm done. Everybody say, I'm done. We, do to ourselves things that he never intended. We carry a load that we weren't meant for. I've carried this thing through golf courses. That's why somebody made a golf cart. I've set this thing up, and honestly, goodness, I hate to admit this. I've carried this to golf courses before and lost some of my clubs out of it in the process. <laughs> Sitting there trying to carry it, you know, because it gets heavy. And then, you, you know, you're, you're trying, you know, you're slinging it around. You're thinking, oh, there's straps here. Oh, a harness. <sighs> there. That's better. Really? Is it better? Why is it better? Because you can't see it, but you're still carrying it. And so the devil tucks it away in your heart where you can't see it, but you still carry it. And at the end of the day, you're wore out and you don't know why. You're struggling. And you can't figure out why you're struggling. It's because you haven't let it go. Just a little bit of help there. Thank you. Just take it off, would you? Isn't that what the keeper of the carriage was for? Didn't the keeper receive what David had and David's mind isn't on what he carried into that battle now his mind's on God how do you know that because that's what he told Goliath (laughs) he said he looked at the biggest challenge he'd ever faced and he looked at him and he said hey the battle's not mine (laughs) it's the Lord's And today, Mr. Big Mouth, he didn't really say that. And he said, today, the Lord's going to give you into my hand. How many of you get tired of the devil railing against you? How many of you get tired of all all the stuff that he's trying to put on you? Come here, babe. Carry that for me. Just over there. You know why that's so? You're not modeling, honey. No. <laughs> well, give me that. <laughs> no, come here, come here. So she's, she's got it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God, help me get this back. No. Okay, so, but it's empty. Everybody say it's empty. It's empty. And so was the woman. Thank you. 
The woman carried it to the well empty. And it symbolized her life. And she looks at Jesus and a conversation ensues. He looked over at her and he said, give me water to drink. She looked at him and said, what what do you want to do with me? Sometimes we carry that attitude. Why, Why would you want anything to do with me? You're... You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You, you're a Christian, and I'm a sinner. Why would you want anything to do with me? I come from the east side of town, and you come from the west side of town. Why would you want anything to do with me? I'm a Yankee, and you're a Southerner. I eat rice, and you eat grits. Why would you want anything to do with me? You may think I'm taking that a little farther than I ought to, or a little further than I should have gone. As my grandpa used to say, it's over yonder, and I'm going to get there in a minute. I was in Jackson, Mississippi, working on a building when I was 19 years old, and I went into a restaurant And a lady brought me breakfast, and on my plate were grits. I poured rice, I mean, I'm sorry, I poured sugar on top of my grits. And I thought she was going to throw me out of the restaurant. This woman got all offended. I thought about, what about that saying, the customer's always right? She looked at me, what are you doing those grits, boy? I put sugar, you don't put sugar on grits, you put butter and salt and pepper. Don't you know better than that? I literally wanted to say, lady, it's my plate, I'll eat it the way I want to. You see, sometimes we get so wrapped up in us that nobody else can do anything right except I'm glad somebody agrees. Nobody can do anything right but me. Why would you ask me for anything to drink? I know how you feel about me. Jews have got no dealings with Samaritans. But she didn't know how Jesus felt. She just knew how society felt. And can I tell you, there's a huge difference between society and Christ. Well, it's just the culture of the day. I'm not interested in the culture of the day. I'm interested in the Christ of eternity. It's who I'm interested in. You've got nothing to do with us. And he looked at her and said, "Hun, southern roots coming out. If you knew who it was that was talking to you, you'd be asking me for water. Well, how are you going to get any water? You don't even have anything to draw with in this well's deep. He said, you drink from this water, and you're going to thirst again. You drink from the water that I offer you, and you'll never thirst again. 
And all of a sudden, that pot that she had carried for so long and it had been so heavy and she had been careful when she carried it but she wasn't careful about what she was carrying and all of a sudden she looked at him with hope in her her eyes and said give me this water that I don't have to come back to this place again I'm tired of the ridicule I'm tired of all the stuff Give me water that I never thirst again. And he looked at her and he said, it's going to be like a river of living water that's going to spring up inside of you. She said, I know. He he looked at her and he said, you go get your husband. Something in there after all. She said, I don't have a husband. Well, you got that right. You've had five and the one you're living with now you're not married to. Oh, I perceive you're a prophet. Let's talk about something else. (laughs) Isn't it odd that we don't like it when God starts getting in our stuff? But it's your stuff that keeps you from experiencing joy. It's your stuff that keeps you from the victory he wants you to have. Stuff. He didn't come there to condemn her. He came to set her free. But her thought process was, he's going to condemn me. How many times have you felt that way? How many times have you felt like, well, I, you know, I'd I'd go, but I, I, you know, they're just going to condemn. No, no, look. He said, I came that you could have what? And have it more abundantly. And so he, and this is what people miss. It's the fact that he said, go get your husband. He knew she wasn't married to him. But he called her, or he called him her husband. What was he doing? He's saying, I'm not interested in where you've been. I just want to give you a future and a hope. He wasn't trying to drag up her past. He was just trying to get her to acknowledge it. And once she acknowledged it, he was saying, it doesn't have to be this way. Go get him. Everything can be different from here on out. How many of you ready for the difference? How many of you ready for getting rid of the load? They get to talking about this mountain or the other mountain you worship in. She said, well, I know that when the Messiah comes, that he's going to show us all things. He hadn't told anyone this yet. And he looked at her and he didn't speak to her in a parable. He didn't conceal a matter from her. He just looked at her and plainly said, I am the Messiah. The person you're talking to is the Messiah. And do you know what her response was? She laid it down. She left the water pot at the well, and she went back into town. What's that mean? I'm not going to carry it anymore. 
I'm not going to let the devil treat me like a pack animal anymore. I'm not going to hold bitterness or animosity or anger in my heart anymore. I can't help where I've been, but he's going to get me to where I'm going. I don't have to go through it anymore. She left it at the well, and she ran into town and said, come and meet a man that told me everything I ever did. You ought to be a little bit more excited about that part. Because it's, it's, what you, it's what you're forgetting that is really the message here. Come meet a man that told me all I ever did, and he didn't turn me away. Come meet a man that told me all I ever did, and he did not reject me. He didn't try and use me or abuse me. He didn't turn away from me, but he said, bring your house out here, and I'm going to get it set up right. They all went out to see him because they knew her, and they knew she'd done some stuff. He told you everything? Yeah. He didn't mention my name, did he? <laughs> he told you everything? You ever? Yeah. Where's this guy at? Because I've always wondered about some of the stuff you did. Isn't it something how... He knows it, and he'll reveal it to you, but conceal it to others. Love covereth a multitude of sin. He lets you know he knows, but he won't let anybody else in on it. Love covers. AT&T don't cover. You find out something about somebody. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so down the street? You're never going to believe what that I'm the only reason I'm telling you this so you know how to pray for them. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how God covers? Careful what you carry. Now stay with me here. The Bible said that she went and told them and said that, come meet a man that told me all I ever did. And here's what happened. They went out. They met him. They heard him. And their life was changed. What you carry to someone else may result in their life being changed. Would you stand with me today? Palm Sunday. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. But there's a thin line from Hosanna and crucify him. I want you to hear me today. If you've ever experienced pain from a church, don't blame God because he's not the one that did it. He loves you. He loves you. 
and don't hold bitterness in your heart because it's like that set of golf clubs that disappeared. You just keep carrying it and it just keeps getting heavier. If I thought about it, Jasmine, I'd have brought out my other set of golf clubs and kept adding to your load while you were carrying it because that's what the devil does to ours. He doesn't take anything out. He just keeps piling it on. I always wondered about that woman. I wondered about what her life was like later after she realized that God loved her. You know what I believe? I believe that once she realized that she was loved by God, she quit being used by men. Because once you understand how valuable you are in the eyes of God, you will not let someone else cheapen you. Everybody say, he loves me. So how about it? Anybody in here today got some stuff they'd like to get rid of? I'm not going to hold a yard sale. This is going straight to the trash. <laughs> We're not going to see what we can get out of it because I already know what's been put in it. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. I know this may be a little different this morning, but this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If there's something, if, if you've got, uh, hey, ushers, are you around? Grab some tissue boxes. Grab tissue boxes. Every t- there's one there by my seat. This is what I want to do. The ushers are going to stand on each corner here with a tissue box in their hand. And if you've got some stuff that you need to get rid of, what I want you to do is symbolically, I want you to come up, grab a tissue out of that box. I want you to crumple it up. I want you to pull the tissue out of the box. I want you to crumple it up. I want you to bring it to this altar and throw it down and say, God, I want to thank you for delivering me from all of my stuff. And I am not going to pick it up again. Dina's tearing it up. That's a give her a hand. We need to tear it up. We need to get sick and tired of being the devil's pack mule. We need to get tired of letting the devil ride us and we need to lay it down. Come on right now, real quick, real quick. Real quick, very quickly. They're gonna sing something as you're coming. Just once you've done that, stand with me here. Very quickly, very quickly.
in here starting now. Come on, stretch your hands. Father, we love you. recorded that she ever went back and got it she left it because she was drawing from a new well now now I want you to hear me you're getting ready to go out of this place free you're going out of here delivered 
You're going out of here stronger than when you came in. And you're going to go out of here and tell somebody. She went and told the town. And the town came back. And their life was changed. So think about this. Everybody turn and face that way. Are you facing that way? Everybody facing that way. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Turn and face that way. Look that, look that way. Look that way. Now tell me what you don't see right now. You don't see any of your stuff. You, you don't see any of your stuff. Everybody say it with me. I can't see my stuff. My stuff is gone. My stuff. Now give him a hand clap of praise. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Are you ready? On the count of three, you're going to give him a hand clap and you're going to march out of this building with no stuff. Everybody say no stuff. Are you ready? One, two, three. Praise him. Now go on. Go on. Go on. No stuff. 